0: We going? Yep. Mm. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> Welcome to. Yeah. <laughs> Good start.
1: <laughs> and don't you dare edit that out.
0: It's been, it's been a long weekend. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to episode twenty-four. Of Cyclops is waiting for me in X-Men: The Animated Series Weekly Recap Podcast. I'm Rod. You can look for me on social media, Rod Kim. There's only me and like like an accountant or something. He's not me.
1: And I am JC. <laughs> you can also find me on social media at the John Carl on pretty much everything. There is a John Carl, but he is a real estate agent from South Dakota or some something wow. like that. <laughs> and he just won't give up the name, so that's why I have the. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men the Animated Series and their original intended script order, which is gonna be very important in the coming weeks, building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming to Disney Plus in 2023.
0: Some quick reminders, we're a recap show about a series that came out over 28 years ago. There will be some spoilers. If you don't want it spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. Except maybe this one. This is a two-parter, but we'll get to that. We're currently not sponsored by or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way unless they fixed their episode order, because it gets kind of nuts after this.
1: Yeah, it gets a little weird <laughs> after this, and, and we kind of talk crap on it. But don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops I W F M Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Rod, you just really are loving the Instagram reels. Reels are treating us, us well on there. Oh, yeah. Finally, we record these episodes in batches, so if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we're incredibly late. Like, just to <laughs> date the episode, this is the day where they announced that more is getting his own action figure in the VHS series line. Yeah,
0: and just the box, not even the figure. (laughs) Yeah, they
1: haven't even shown it to us. Like, it's not for pre-order or anything yet. It's just
0: like a glob of (laughs) Play-Doh. You're the worst. This is me?
1: Yes, it's you. We literally (laughs) have a script in front of us.
0: Now onto the show. Today, we're going to be talking about the Phoenix Saga. But because it was five full-length episodes, we're diving into it in two parts. We're going to start off with season three, episodes three and four. They were titled Sacrifice and the Dark Shroud, respectively. They aired on September 5th and 6th, 1994 as part of a week-long event and currently sits at a 7.8 and 7.7 star rating on IMDb, respectively.
1: So, just some really cool, interesting facts before we get into the episode. This was promoted at the end of the, of the previous episode, the two-parter, Out of the Past, which happened the last weekend of July, first weekend of August this didn't start until what did we say september and then the next episode to air actually literally aired on like the saturday so it was like (laughs) nothing preview months of nothing six episodes in six days. That had to have been like a scheduling with the animation studio thing on top of the saga, right? According to Eric Leewald's book, it was an intentional thing. Oh, wow. It it was like, let's come back and it's a bang. I still have to read all the chapters about going into season three. I know I said I was going to do it last time, (laughs) but we had to watch five episodes in prep for only two episodes here. So five parts, which meant TV time, that is 110 minutes, which is essentially Mm -hmm. like doing a feature length movie, but they gave it to us in standalone digestible parts even though I, th- I think the last one probably wouldn't be that great if you watched it on its own no it's the third act battle yeah and this is based on the x-men comics numbers 96 through 109 so it was a 14 oh. part story but eric said one of the things that he he didn't enjoy about it was there were so many armies interacting and just like <laughs> so many people that you really lost the human story of this mm, okay yeah in the Comic version or in the comic version, okay. yeah, and this was essentially the episode that was going to set the status quo for the remaining 32 ordered episodes that were, you know, set to happen at this point. Yeah, so
0: yeah. I, I re- remember. I don't know if I remember it being like anticipated for me at least, but after it happened, like this is this is gonna be sacrilegious. So I don't. If anybody that I went to church youth group with hears this, sorry, I guess, but this is up there with me with Bible stories and like I could. Even if I don't remember details, there's these sticking points that are always true. Like I could be, you know, on my deathbed and somebody asked me like, what's the Phoenix Saga about? And I could be like, oh, and Jean Grey, and she goes into space and then the radiation and the space bird, you know, like all that stuff. I just spoiled the whole series for you.
1: Really (laughs) did. Here's the thing. If we said Jean Grey, Phoenix, space bird, I feel like that's the thing people would probably already know at this right. point. So I don't I don't think you've ruined it for anybody.
0: I do wish now that I've watched it again, just some pre-thoughts. I I, I wish that one of the two attempts at the Phoenix saga in live action would have just taken this. There's enough time. Like you could just adapt this, you know? Like use it as a storyboard or something. And I know there's people are argue like, well, it's campy or it wouldn't translate to live action, whatever. They made Morbius. Like, you can throw money at this if you threw money at Morbius. Like, there's there's worse things. Like, this was so good. Anyway, (laughs) on that note, this was, yeah, like you said, this was cool because it ended the last episode on that incredible graphic teasing this with the sideways fire and everything. Spaceship. (laughs) <laughs> so this episode opens up on like a space war with a woman's voice kind of narrating and overlays of Xavier having a nightmare. So we just kind of gathering these are visions he's having. Xavier is asking how he knows her, although not to her.
1: <laughs> he's like, how do I know? Her? Well, he he starts off by asking, like, "Who who are you? Where are you? that because xavier's seeing the space battle in his head yeah so he's really just confused still because he he started getting those visions when he touched the the ship in the Mm -hmm. previous episode and now he's he's starting to get involved in it yeah like he's he's like well this isn't just me having a trip there's a reason (laughs) this is happening
0: and i described it as the battle looked like green x-wings fighting uh, like bug ships but instead of being x's they were like t's you know like kind of like
1: X- rotated There's uh, so many problems in what you just said of saying that these look like x-wings because that's not how x-wings work rod we're just going to move on from that but he also asks who is trying to to hurt you mm-hmm. so he he is gathering that the, the person who's reaching out to him is the one who's who's being chased by as you said you know <laughs>
0: the green x-wings yeah <laughs> so then the bug ships get captured and there was a I, the best way we describe it is from the previous episode from the vision Xavier had he he saw something that looked like either a bug alien or a helmet that kind of looked bulbous like, yeah, yeah reaching out it was pretty much a repeat from the previous episode and then that kind of ended his nightmare and he, he says they're coming you know really ominous like we cut to the the mansion or I guess they're already in the mansion but they cut to like an extru- like the war room and stuff. And Xavier's calling all the X-Men.
1: And everybody shows up in their pajamas. The X-Jammies is what I have in here. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. Why wouldn't you write (laughs) X-Jammies?
0: And Wolverine's especially pissed off, but that's on brand.
1: Well, I mean, he was probably drunk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even though they don't acknowledge it in the show, Wolverine was definitely drunk.
0: And they sit down and Wolverine says he smells zit cream and it embarrasses Jubilee because we're supposed to be reminded that she's the only teenager in this house.
1: The thing that was always interesting for me about Jubilee is she's 13 here. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always interpreted her, maybe it's just how she was drawn. Mm-hmm. I always interpreted her as like 16 or 17.
0: Yeah, same. I thought she was like a little older teenager. Uh,
1: she's wild. No, she's, she's super young. So she would definitely be in like that awkward hitting puberty because mm-hmm. she just got her mutant powers which yeah. makes sense that she would be 13 for that but then also like skin problems and yeah. all that fun stuff we all got to grow out and, of in and Gambit calling her fat speaking, they, speaking of Gambit yeah
0: they acknowledge that Rogue is on a mission so she's not there and Gambit just arrives because he's getting home from a date they make some like interesting jokes for a children's show about how he's just like Still going strong or something. There's some double entendre there.
1: You definitely read more into the double entendre <laughs> than what is intended. I don't even think there was entendre there. Okay, and the, well, uh, anyway, and then Xavier
0: starts explaining that they need to sneak into the space shuttle Starcore.
1: Right, but he's he basically is is letting them all know he's been continuing to have these visions. We get a little bit of a montage, and we see. From the end of the last episode, the dude with the heavy makeup is how I described him. Yeah. We see this pink crystal, and then we see an image that wasn't in his previous visions, which was a guy in you know red armor, who we'll get to yeah. more details of who that is a little bit later. But it was interesting for me because that meant that Xavier was experiencing more And I couldn't tell if he was having like a flashback of a previous vision that we hadn't seen, thus Mm -hmm. seeing the guy in red, or if this was even new information that was like getting like Like right at that moment. Yeah, like airdropped into his skull. (laughs) I just explained to Rod what airdrop was when it isn't in context of an iPhone. Yeah,
0: and that guy in the red armor and stuff—he kind of read to me like a like a He-Man character, you know? I could see that. Yeah, very
1: barbarian esque feel,
0: and the like the straps and stuff. And then the dark heavy makeup guy—I think I said this last time.
1: There was a He-Man character. I know the one you're talking about. Who his helmet was differently, but there was a dude who had the red chest plate that I could totally see. Uh, Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. And then the guy with the heavy eye makeup kind of looked like a Flash Gordon villain me yes <laughs> yeah
1: very much i'm not a big flash gordon fan but i i know the evil emperor or whoever yeah. that flash gordon fought that you're you're referring to yeah just kind of didn't he by. have like it was was it manger or ming or something like that i, I want to say probably
0: something that didn't age well yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, i mean the character <laughs> himself was was problematic yeah. now but
0: i, I think I'm, I'm only familiar with it in like the memes and stuff you know so I, I don't remember the show all
1: that much yeah thinking movie i'm not even thinking oh <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it was problematic wherever it lived, yeah. Yeah. But back to the space station. Beast makes a comment that
0: he actually knows Dr. Corbeau, who's going to be on the shuttle, and that it's going to be docking onto Eagle One space station, and Xavier's like, that's the reason you need to be on the shuttle to get into that space station. Gambit makes the comment that breaking into government installations is not usually our style. I was like, really? Wasn't
1: that literally your first episode? I think Gambit was probably trying to say we're not very good at it. Okay. Because <laughs> remember the time they broke into a government yeah. facility, somebody was thought to yeah. have died. <laughs> you know what? I, yeah. I will go out on a limb. I agree yeah.
0: with Gambit. Yeah. yeah. And Xavier tells them that he can't, Say why, but it's an event of immense importance.
1: Wolverine gets pissed yeah. again, which is great. Where he's just like makes about as much sense as everything else we do. Yeah,
0: and he even they even animate his hands all the way up to his face, just to oh, whatever.
1: Like <laughs> again, Rod is doing hand motions on an audio-only podcast. You know, you can see I'm hearing me. They make your voice does change as you're doing hand yeah. motions. I want to point that out. Like as you're raising your hand, your voice gets higher. higher yeah.
0: <laughs> and Xavier says a storm should remain on Earth, which. Small detail makes sense. She probably doesn't have very many powers in outer space, right? Controlling the weather and stuff. How much lightning could you summon in outer space? I don't know what her comic book canon is, but for that,
1: it uh, you know what I'm going to agree with you on this one. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a good like, argument he, it's against like that.
0: summon tornadoes in outer space and stuff. Like, where's Neil deGrasse Tyson? He needs to explain this.
1: To yeah, let's have him ruin something we love. <laughs> that that'd be great. Shout us out, Neil. Tell us how everything we liked as kids sucked.
0: <laughs> but even tactically, that makes sense because if you're going to have your first in command. Off Earth, then you should have your second command on Earth.
1: Right, because in case everybody dies, (laughs) you're going to want to make sure you have a leader who could help you rebuild the team.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We cut to Xavier in his study. He's by himself contemplating the darkness, and Cyclops comes to see him and asks him what the mission is about, and Xavier confesses he doesn't really know what his visions mean.
1: Right, and Scott... Scott says, don't you trust us? Don't you trust me? Which it's kind of this ongoing issue that we have with Cyclops, which, to be fair, makes him an interesting character that he is the leader, but you you see the doubt in him. But it's also a part of what makes him kind of annoying yeah. at the same time.
0: Although, to be fair, if I were any of the X-Men, I would also be questioning this. Like, I don't think that they've been sent into outer space. No. Nope. Yet at all. No, they have not. Let alone on a whim. Of just a vague vision that even their leader can't explain. It's
1: true. They they are <laughs> literally going to outer space and they found out this whole plan in like a two-minute time frame.
0: Yeah. And so we see the Blackbird take off. It goes into stealth
1: mode. Which, by the way, you noticed the music cue changed at that point. It yeah. was the theme in like weird. It yeah. was would you call it like lo-fi? Like I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just, it wasn't even smooth jazz. It, it just felt like weird elevator music. It, yeah, changed tones, it yeah. was interesting. I kind of like it. Ron, please send <laughs> us a copy of that recording. Right.
0: I don't know if you listen to RKVC video or listen to the RKVC, watch the RKVC video or listen to the interview we did with him. Apparently all those masters have been destroyed because Saban was so low budget that they re-recorded over tapes. Great. <laughs> anyway, on that note. So they go into stealth mode to go on their way to the space shuttle and they go out of their way to show an empty radar screen at the launch place. You see a control the room. Control room. Yeah. Yep. That's the word. <laughs> and so they get there. Storm makes a fog so they can sneak in. Beast has some pent up anger because he just chucks Wolverine. Like
1: So he chucks Wolverine before the storm fog. That was the funniest part oh, to yeah. me. He literally Wolverine's like, well, what do we got? And Beast just throws yeah. him. Like, no explanation, no <laughs> prep like you get for a fastball special. Just hucks him yeah. into the air.
0: And then Cyclops does this weird video game, a like pack flip, where he, like, kind of sidekicks and stuff. And then Beast comes over gently with, like, Jubilee and... Who else was with Gene? Right? And Jean yeah. can fly.
1: Well, <laughs> can she fly up at this point? Have we seen Gene fly?
0: I just use her telepathy to levitate, I think, in some fights and stuff? I don't think so. Ooh, okay. I think you're
1: i think you're jumping ahead rod interesting okay
0: i just assume because she's moving stuff with her mind so
1: i don't think we've Hmm. seen her actually levitate i i want to say no because if remember there was the fight with apocalypse that she was falling and rogue had to catch her
0: that's right okay
1: well rod is making (laughs) shit up everybody don't trust anything rod says
0: that's just generally true right and I made a comment that the 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 control the space station area not space station like the space control area or whatever like looks kind of like the mutual control agency, which is not a great omen for them. So we, they-
1: we did get a good moment before they they broke in though, or as they went over the fence, Wolverine was really pissy and then we got a sorry dad moment. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It,
0: was
1: like, it was basically like stop goofing around.
0: <laughs> sorry dad. And so they, they run up and they they get to like a sealed door, like a big metal door, and Wolverine cuts into it and it sets off the alarm. And then we quickly learned that it was on purpose.
1: Yeah, that was that was something for a half second. I was like, that's a horrible plan. And then right. immediately they addressed it. So yeah. I was like, okay, it's not a horrible plan there. Yeah. Granted, they don't know what's on the other side of the door. Like if there was a guard <laughs> there, that could have been a problem, but yeah. but yeah. So we find out that the plan is Jubilee is there to act as the distraction. So that way with the alarm being set off, they have an excuse for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jubilee wouldn't have been able to cut her way through with a claw to the door. We'll let it go, though. Yeah. yeah.
0: also get past the fence and all that stuff. So Jubilee does get caught, and the guards take her away. The X-Men... X-Men? X-Men arrive in, like, the astronaut locker room and ambush the astronauts. Cyclops, we learn, has a stun setting for his
1: laser blast. (laughs) Well, the optic blast is, like, essentially it is a concussion scenario it is not laser mm-hmm. so it, it's not supposed to cut through stuff so when he goes all out and is like breaking through rocks or shooting through sinister that's force Pushing. going through it as opposed to like a lightsaber that's like cauterizing it <laughs> yeah. lighting it on fire
0: i think for me personally the first time i actually heard that was when wally was with us a few weeks ago and he, he's he's talking about it being a push force thing I was yes like, okay that kind of makes sense so it's like yeah less a laser more just
1: Yes. Force. It it is not the scene from Man of Steel where it's just cutting through sides of buildings <laughs> because it's like a super laser. Right.
0: So they steal their astronaut suits and stuff. Space suits? Space suits, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: this is why I'm not an astronaut. Yeah, and and Matt. And <laughs> and they stow away the actual astronauts in like a sealed room, but they said that they left them with plenty of food. It's, it's kind of it's just a funny like I guess it's humane, but you're also locking a bunch of people in a room together.
1: Right. One thing I do want to point out, if you look at the designs of the astronaut spacesuits, they are very much the Russian cosmonaut style suits as opposed to American like NASA style suits. And we've talked about this before. Part of that just comes from the fact that this was animated overseas. Mm -hmm. And if they're looking up what they have as available reference, they might not know there's a difference between the white NASA suits versus yeah. the, you know, the old school cosmonaut suits. Because Because they did the same thing with how the subway, <laughs> and I'm like, I looked at that and I'm like, you could go back to Indiana, or not Indiana Jones, you could go back to Crocodile Dundee yeah. and see what a New York subway train looks like and they just they went with something that was more Japanese feeling to
0: that me that makes sense though because I, I recognize it didn't look yeah because that American astronaut is like very iconic like Buzz Aldrin look or whatever even right. Buzz Lightyear looks more American than these suits in here did so I didn't know that was the cosmonaut thing that's really interesting
1: I don't know if it was specifically the cosmonauts yeah. but it definitely looks way more, more like, like it than than our side and then Dr. Corbeau he shows up yeah is like kind of shocked and then Gene just kind of like instantly mind fucks him yeah like Wanda Maximoffs him. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> or, just not really, though. It's not the same power, but.
1: Same effect. Fact,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So that he, all the X-Men look like his original crew. Lucky for them, they had the exact amount of people.
1: <laughs> and they don't have to talk. Yeah,
0: I didn't think about that. They just stay quiet
1: the whole time. Scott said something, and that was it. Everybody else, yeah. like, I mean, maybe that was a part of the reason why they didn't include Storm. Oh, <laughs> could you imagine Storm's a, iconic voice? Yeah. He just looks and he's like, Stephen, you don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's like, sound like a powerful black woman. Where did that come from? <laughs> and after the shuttle takes off, Xavier and Storm go to rescue Jubilee. And when I say Xavier and Storm, I mean, Xavier watches and Storm does it. And she rescues her in like a tornado with
1: a tornado. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, literally um, save Jubilee with Tornado is yeah. my note.
0: And also make sure she busted the window doing it because Storm needs to break glass whenever something like that happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if it was closed, how else? A tornado can't gently open a right. window,
0: Rod. <laughs> and the Jubilee's like, I, it's funny because this is maybe showing my age. While it's happening, I was like, "That this be...
1: is what's going to show your age? Right. <laughs>
0: One of the things added to the list. I was thinking like, that must be insane riding in a tornado. But the show addressed it immediately. Jubilee's like, can we do it again? I was like, right, she's 13. And so we're back on the space station. In space. Yeah, yeah, it's in space. And Beast talks about the probe that's it's a close orbital probe.
1: Close orbital solar probe. Solar
0: probe, yep. yeah.
1: Has a very important aspect later in the episode.
0: And they-
1: Wolverine I mean, is still questioning why they're on yeah. the ship. <laughs> He hates everything
0: about this. I, and, you know, of all the times, yes, this is the one that makes sense. I'm still questioning why they're on here, and I know what the story's about. So they dock to the space station, which is really quickly, because I feel like in real life, the, these missions seem to take, like, a long time, like, days. Reach them, but luckily for us, it's a few minutes.
1: I also don't know how accurate that is. <laughs> oh, really? Because
0: I, I feel like it, I don't know. It's just, I feel like when I watched them as a kid, it, it took like longer than just like a few minutes to.
1: Your perception as a child was also much different yes, when it comes true. to time.
0: <laughs> so they dock onto the space station as they're walking through like the airlock area. Gene like does her iconic moan, which sounds worse than it is. But if you watch the show, you know. You
1: it. really need to not use that phrase. <laughs>
0: And she, she says that there's a, this makes it sound even worse. She says there's a presence she's never felt before. (laughs) That's not worse. (laughs) (laughs) And that it's a trap.
1: Yes. And then we get green gas coming through.
0: Yeah. And then they get gassed. She drops the illusion. And so Corbo is like, what is going on? Hank, what are you doing here? Because apparently Hank's the only one he knows, I guess.
1: Well, Hank, Hank said he knew him. Yeah. 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 I, I guess before I'd assumed that the X-Men were known well enough that he would have. Probably not their um, first names. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're probably just no Cyclops as Cyclops, not yeah. as Scott, you know.
0: All of them try to use their powers to some extent, but they all come, like, just short of being able to effectively use them. So when they're all passed out, a guy, that guy in the red armor shows up at the airlock and he introduces himself as Eric the Red. And
1: it's Who's, so fitting. Who is a Shi'ar <laughs> emissary. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, he's basically like, Eric the Red welcomes you. So not being as big of a comic book guy, what were your original thoughts on on Eric?
0: Just that he looked like a He-Man character and I didn't remember him from anything else. I, if there was an action figure, I don't remember it. If he was in, like, I, I definitely don't remember from comics and I didn't have any trading cards. So this was a pretty one-off for
1: me. Yeah, I mean, I... I specifically had the X-Men set of trading cards. There were the Marvel trading cards and then there was like the X-Men series they also put out Mm because it was the 90s and the (laughs) X-Men were the hottest shit for Marvel at that point. Like honestly, probably even hotter than Spider-Man at that point. I could, yeah, yeah, totally. But I didn't even remember Eric being a thing until I started rewatching the show, because if he's in the comics right now, he's in one of the X-Men books that I'm not picking <laughs> up. And Rod could tell you, I pick up yeah. like six of the eight X-Men books every month right now. Yeah, so, there's plenty. Yeah, yeah. So Eric, Eric, which I'm sorry, the name just doesn't fit. Like yeah. you literally have Lalandra and that your stowaway is because of her. Why is your name Eric? And no, it doesn't have anything to do with the Lee Waltz before you ask.
0: (laughs) Down the road, I have a comment about that and because they kind of address the name later on in this mini series and stuff. And it kind of cracks me up, but we'll, We'll get there. We'll get to that point. Yeah, like you just mentioned, he's surprised at their stowaways and he blames the stowaways on Lalandra. He says,
1: like, screw it, get Corbeau. And he has mm-hmm. the, the astronauts on the space station, like, mind-controlled, yeah. and they're following his orders. He's like, yep, throw them all in the <laughs> airlock. Fuck them. And you know that they're mind-controlled because their necks are glowing. <laughs> I think that is a very important thing. Otherwise, yeah. they're evil astronauts. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and so, like you said, they're, they're in the airlock. They decide to dispose of them, so they just literally try to toss them into space. But... Gene wakes up a little early. We find out a little bit later it's because she said she put a psychokinetic shield around her so she was able Which I to wake still up.
1: don't like the phrase psychokinetic. Right,
0: it's a little weird. Yeah. And also, there wasn't an indication before that that helped her, except that she woke up a little earlier. But she's able to save Scott from flying out the airlock. It's called
1: drama. Right? <laughs> so as much as Rod wasn't happy that Cyclops was saved, Jean is able to, to stop and she closes the hatch. And then she tries to override the mind control, but she can't because there's devices on the necks of the Astronauts, as opposed to it being also psychically mind controlled.
0: Yeah, so it's like a hardwire thing, literally. And we cut back to the, I guess, the main what's it, the control room? Control, not, is, it, is it a control room? It's the, like the cockpit, basically,
1: kind of a control room thing, Like the, Spaceship it was, it was like, too. It was too big. Speed. No, it's too big to be a, a cockpit because it's a space station. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't like. I guess control room, yeah. yeah, it doesn't traverse.
0: So they're they're on the other side. We of We
1: <laughs> are total astrophysicist engineer right. type people. All yeah. the technical terminology <laughs> is accurate.
0: So speaking of, we're. In that room, they're talking about the vortex wormhole <laughs> theory stuff and how the Shi'ar, Eric is Eric the Red is explaining this to Corbeau, and how the Shi'ar use those wormhole slash vortexes to travel and that they're trying to intercept the rebel Lalandra from this wormhole.
1: I also wanted to point out at this point, there was a mention of space debris, but the way it was said because of the Canadian accent was space debris. Oh yeah.
0: I, I made a mental note of like, see if that's important later in the I week. made a physical okay. note. <laughs> and so then since the X-Men have woken up, they break through the door and they interrupt that villain monologue before he's able to continue.
1: Right, Cyclops takes a shot at Eric, which does nothing to him.
0: Yeah. And there's a little bit of a scuffle, but in the middle of that, Lalandra starts arriving, through, or who we assume is Lalandra, arriving through the wormhole,
1: which is a Shiar Class Y cruiser specifically. Oh, so it's
0: not a, it's not an X wing.
1: It's a I, lot. No. It's oh, that's the literally not even the right ship.
0: <laughs> it's the bug cruiser thing. Uh, <laughs> you're painful. <laughs> so they start like a sequence of things on the computer to like fire a laser cannon at Lalandra's ship, and Cyclops zaps the computers before they can do its thing and the laser cannon just misses the little ship
1: but it also overloads the the console yeah. which starts a, a very bad <laughs> series of events for the x-men
0: so it kind of basically goes into like a, a almost self-destruct but not really just, everything's blowing
1: up it's a destruction yeah. mode it's yeah, definitely not right. a self-destruction <laughs> <Yeah>. mode
0: <laughs> apparently the consoles are filled with gasoline or something like they're just exploding like
1: <laughs> there's pressure in space right
0: so eric and the, the mind-controlled astronauts escape X-Men run back to the shuttle and also pick up the unconscious crew on their way out. The space station, ex- this is interesting, there's a whole lot of stuff happening all at once. The space station is exploding.
1: It's a reactor that's overloading. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Reactor overloads and it's exploding and Eric, the red, just misses the Shiar Star Cruiser. The shuttle, that the, the Star Corps shuttle that the X-Men are in, is escaping but is going to cross the path of like you said the chemtrail of the contrail th- the contrail
1: nope don't go down the wrong route with this it's oh, the contrail, contrail. not okay. chemtrails
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh the star cruiser that lalange is presumably in
1: right and the contrail in theory would be like heavy radiation mm-hmm. things things like that like literally think origin of the fantastic four is oh, like okay. yeah, yeah. yeah it's like flying through a solar flare in yeah. theory yeah and Which so, would have massive radiation, like, off the scale.
0: Yeah, they, they make it a very quick reference of how, how disastrous that would be. Yeah. So Beast points out that because the solar probe is in there, they can go into it for radiation protection, or just protection in general.
1: And especially the radiation. Yeah, <laughs> <Especially> radiation. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Corvo says that someone has to stay behind to actually, like, kind of pilot the ship, basically.
1: Right, because even if they're, if they're in there, they're not going to be able to get themselves out and keep them on track of where they need to land.
0: And so Jean says that she can do it. She volunteers herself and she uses her tele or psychokinetic. I don't know what you call it.
1: That's telepathy. telepathy (laughs) telepathy. That's just telepathy. There's no psychokinetic anything. She kind of pulls a
0: rogue. She she knocks out Corbeau while stealing, not stealing, hopefully not stealing. She borrows his flight knowledge. Cyclops, you know, uh, understandably disagrees.
1: Well, Cyclops at that point is very much the I'm the leader. I'm the one who should be doing this.
0: Yeah. And also it's the woman he loves who's right. kind of not married to. Him. So she
1: knocks him out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they all get into the, the, the probe. Does that sound right? <laughs> so,
1: so one thing you did jump past, There is a moment between Logan and Gene. That's right. And it's kind of just like, I have to be the one to do this and and... Wolverine just acknowledges yeah, she, and you know, it gets wishes, wishes her good luck. And then there's like the kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that they don't go full fledged. Like she's also in love with Logan, but you could tell there's an affection that she has for him that she doesn't express to the other male members of the team too. Yeah. Yeah. She cares. About yeah. There, there's some conflict there. So at that point, everybody gets into the, is it probe? Is it really, they get into the probe?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, it's, it's just, <laughs> I, I wrote yeah. it down. Close orbital
1: solar probe.
0: You are, you are right. I wrote it down and then I was, I'm just now reading it back yeah. out loud. I was like, yeah, no, that's what they did. They go into the probe. So the other way around. <laughs> yeah. And as Gene's <laughs> piloting and as they pass through that energy field or contrail or whatever, Gene's screaming and then the episode ends with an image, like a still image <laughs> of the phoenix in the fire
1: yeah you thing. see the face of of the bird in it's it's a outline within the fire so
0: and i think what was hilarious because this ends the first part is that it was such a dramatic moment the music swelling she's screaming the bird's face is there and stuff you and have it,
1: the bird like claw noise too yeah right?
0: yeah and then it cuts to that saban end card with the children giggling
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i was like ah <laughs> like I was
0: like what <laughs> the saban end cards are perfect timing right and it's like the unity one where they're like holding hands around the world and the kids are
1: they're holding stuff. like yeah they, it, they're holding hands and, and there's flags and stuff like that so that's where the first episode yeah. ended and because this is a five-parter we're gonna jump straight into the next episode
0: yeah and so the next episode picks up right where the last one left off jean's in pain from going through this energy field thing or whatever but she's staying conscious kind of
1: Yeah, she she shouts, I must hold on. She actually gets like knocked out of the chair Mm -hmm. and she calls for help. She calls for Scott and Logan to help her, even though she probably knows there's nothing that she's going to be able to do or say that is going to get them. Like they're literally in another thing through the probe, all that stuff. And
0: you got to hope that that was just verbal and didn't like leap into the telekinetic part because can you imagine being in that probe box locked? Stuck in the the, probe box. And then hearing her scream for help through your mind
1: no that's like. awful rod i don't want to imagine that
0: so she screams for help and then the phoenix shows up like literally i think it was pretty close to still image again it was like a very low frame rate
1: yeah i i do notice that there is i want to say it's because they're hoping for dramatic tension mm-hmm. but they just moves into a lower frame rate and yeah. it's like it's a slideshow it's not even yeah. like half speed it's like one tenth speed yeah
0: so when the phoenix helps we just see her take the Phoenix con kind of take over her body. yeah
1: she gets she, up. she gets possessed and and her eyes are closed while she's possessed. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, their trajectory is towards New York specifically Manhattan <laughs> yeah. so
0: she gets up, starts piling the ship as it's careening into Manhattan the shuttle clips the Empire State Building and then flies between the twin towers and then yeah,
1: it literally the observation deck which everybody takes the picture from New York City yeah. of the you've got mail the <laughs> No, Sleep is in Seattle. Right. Rog- one of those. You literally Seattle's in the name, right? <laughs> yeah, but where every movie that actually happens in New York. Well, I think Sleepless in Seattle does. They meet up in New York, don't they? I don't know. I don't okay. watch that trash. <laughs> but the observation deck where everybody takes pictures from. It literally takes out one of the rooftop binoculars. Yeah. Like that's how it. It. Full-fledged makes contact with that building. So
0: someone's proposal didn't go right that night. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> There's somebody who's getting off the elevator and they literally yeah. see it get taken out.
0: They're on their knee and it's like, ah, okay, I guess that's an omen. Then, they, because
1: Rod and I don't look up stuff, we're pretty sure that it ends up crashing into the Hudson. Yeah. We're,
0: we're like 90% sure it's, it's the a, Hudson. It's a body of water that was near the other things we mentioned. So the shuttle just breaks apart, but the probe falls out and starts sinking. The X-Men are in it. The water starts leaking through. They escape. Wolverine cuts out the hatch, essentially. Mm-hmm. They all swim to the surface. They can't find Jean. Right around that time, there's a glowing spot on the water.
1: Bubbles it, pop yeah, up.
0: And it it erupts, and she announces herself as the Phoenix. Apparently, being possessed by Phoenix gives you a really cool metallic spandex suit. She's in the green and the yellow.
1: Yep, the iconic green and yellow with a sash on the side, too. Yeah. There's a sash hanging off of her waist. It's a very stylish and modern galactic entity. <laughs> I don't know if in the 90s, I would call that modern. That was like some 70s and 80s shit right okay. there. Then uh, She immediately faints.
0: Yeah, she passes out. She's like, help me. And she l- lands in the water. They rescue her, obviously. They dive down and go grab her. Specifically Scott and Logan, though. And it cuts to the hospital. Jean's in bed. All of them are watching the news of the shuttle getting taken out of the Hudson, or what we assume is the Hudson. Let's go with Hudson. Yeah. Beast talks about how they're just going to deny that it ever happened and stuff. The gov- NASA and the government is going to deny that it ever happened.
1: And Jean is in, like, this weird fog. Like, she she actually says did i survive yes, which is a really weird thing for a person to say who's talking yeah which
0: actually i didn't remember from when i was a kid watching it so i was watching it this time i was like did this have a deeper meaning than i originally thought like
1: yes yes it like, did
0: she actually died was um, resurrected by the
1: phoenix yeah she she says that she feels like she is someone else that she could reach out touch the moon and crack it in her hand right which that's some dark shit. It's like Galactus kind of stuff, right? I mean, he like, uses like a drill. I and... wish I was kidding about right. that.
0: Cyclops and Beast ask who the Phoenix is. Beast is talking about how they gonna, NASA's going to deny anything happened. And also explains that Corbo doesn't know anything about the aliens or even how any of them that got away survived. Mm-hmm. So the other government's concerned about more things coming in through
1: the wormhole and yeah new activity in the vortex
0: and so cyclops and xavier go out to the hallway and cyclops finally snaps and he starts yelling xavier and they get into a fight i think they're the first time they will be seen between the two of them mm. like that at least where they're like
1: i mean it's definitely the most heated of it yeah. but but there have been times where scott has snapped it at xavier at this point okay yeah but beast is the the voice of reason of like <laughs> well you're both kind of idiots right now yeah well, because
0: Cyclops is blaming Xavier for sending him out to space without any any information, which fair. But then Xavier comes back and Cyclops is like, well, if he would have been a better leader. He's like, now, now, this- <laughs> what kind of leader with no information going to outer space with like like a like a crystal, you know, guardian thing? How is that ever going to like work, you know?
1: <laughs> a crystal guardian <laughs> thing. I don't,
0: I don't know how to describe her.
1: Okay, that was your yeah. description of... The thing that hasn't even been addressed yet.
0: Yeah, I know. I was, like, pulling from the future.
1: Yep. But so, Beast calms yep. it, and he basically diffuses the situation and says he's going to go check out the uh, the mind control implants. And we follow Beast outside. Rod... What's the Easter egg at that point? Is he wearing a Howard the Duck shirt? He is wearing a Howard the okay, Duck shirt. Okay,
0: I, I actually made a specific note. It's like, is Beast wearing a Howard the Duck shirt?
1: So the good thing about all of this is, after the episodes are watched, I will go in and do like research on a few websites and stuff like that to confirm things, get character names and stuff like that. Rod watches this like three hours <laughs> before we record, so everything is pure. Yeah. And and whereas mine is like, <laughs> I correct shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you know I didn't know someone did the homework and technically howard the duck is the first in theater full-length marvel movie yes
1: and it also the suit i think was like a million dollars or something absurd like that lord because it was it was full body animatronic like at the time the technology was not efficient yeah yeah i'll i don't know i'll for JC, reminder, when you listen to this episode go live, find out what the Howard the Duck suit costs and throw it on Instagram.
0: So anyway, Beast in his Howard the Duck shirt catches Wolverine breaking shit in the alley. He's just- Just losing it. Yeah, Beast tells Wolverine, maybe you'll feel better if you go in and see Jean and see that she's okay. And Wolverine's like, well, last time I was on an operating table it didn't turn out so well and he- shows his claws
1: yeah he also was only there relatively recently too when when he had his little trip back up to canada
0: yeah so not not a great experience beast kind of in his own way of saying recommends that they go to a bar and they try to hail a taxi the driver's freaked out by beast's face and then takes (laughs) off
1: and beast makes the everybody always says it's so hard to get a cab in new york
0: and i wonder if people who didn't live through the era knows that's kind of a thing it's like a take my wife please kind of joke you know you're right it is. That was that was like it was very much one of those jokes
1: of the of the, of the era. Time,
0: yeah. You know? I guess the only equivalent would be some weird like app Uber thing, which is like more complex and not as funny. <laughs> I mean, I still
1: don't want to get into cabs in right? New York City at this point. <laughs> the cabs in New York City are the worst driving experiences I have. So
0: it's, then we cut back to the roof of the hospital. Xavier is on the roof because that's where he parked his jet.
1: Yeah, he parked the mini jet. <laughs> yeah. On the
0: roof are we we're assuming it's the hospital where else would it be no
1: it's oh. that, it's that oh, it is a
0: hospital because that's the place where they had the padlock on the outside yes okay yep
1: So there's only one hospital
0: that's what it's for so xavier can land on the hospital and get it <laughs> <laughs> that's a theory so he gets into his jet and before he can take off like this b- sky beam
1: yep the purple Come space in. ray hits him in the head again he says not again because <laughs> at this point he's just being attacked by these like mental images and
0: shit So he may have wanted to not be driving alone at this point.
1: I mean, (laughs) could you imagine if he was driving and he got hit with the space ray? Like, he just starts bumping into buildings (laughs) and shit. It picks up the ship. He gets the image of the crystal in his head again. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the crystal pops up. And then it just, like, does a mini crash because it was only up, like, five feet. Smashes down. Then, like, this weird... I want to say, like, the facial expression shows that it is... A yeah. darker version of Xavier. But then they added the cloak. The cape,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a cape. Yeah. You know it was evil because he's he's scowling and there's a cape for something. And there's a it. dark cape, yep. So dark, scowling, wearing a cape. Xavier kind of spirit comes out of his body and starts like scanning and seeing where the X-Men are. And we see even though the Jean's in the hospital, some of the X-Men are at the hospital. Others like Gambit and Jubilee are like in line for a Broadway show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and and at this point, we don't really have an explanation to what this evil Xavier is. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it kind of gives you the impression that it may have been tied to the space ray mm-hmm. affecting him in some capacity.
0: And the first X-Men we visit is Wolverine. He's in the subway and he's in the car in a subway car and he's by himself by himself and he sees a young yuriko and clearly because we've seen the lady death episode by now is not her but he gets lured into an empty car and it's it turns dark and he gets attacked by a saber tooth and a
1: deadpool i i want to say i really loved the animation that they did at this point as much as i will give them shit when they go to like low frame rate and things like that this was really cool because it was a very dark subway train and then you would get like, they'd pass by the light and there would just be the quick oh, yeah. progression of the light through the dark car. And it's like, it's a really dope a effect. Cool yeah. yeah.
0: And especially, I, Sabretooth is cool because he's so big and ominous, but Deadpool is really cool just because of the red like flashing. And
1: he just blends in on the dark colors and yeah. everything like that. And then Deadpool takes a shot, turns into Dark Xavier, who also takes a shot yeah. at him.
0: And knocks
1: Wolverine out of the, the subway car proceeds to like really go at him too Mm -hmm. because he's he calls him an animal and he says it was a mistake to save you and it's like okay is this is this xavier's subconscious or is this like Wolverine's subconscious at this point
0: yeah we don't know or like an alien
1: right yeah is it the spirit that came out of the the ship in the last Mm -hmm. episode the what was it the soul eater or spirit eater or whatever it was where it was kind of using his own weaknesses against him mentally. Man,
0: X-Men, you're right. They've faced a lot of mental hurdles, too. Dramatic things. That, but, so it makes sense that they've tried to go on so many vacations now.
1: Yes. <laughs> Lots of vacations. That's why there were swimsuit issues every right. summer in the 90s. So in, in the middle of this fight, Wolverine hears Jubilee
0: screaming for help. He turns around and sees her tied down to the tracks. And he goes to try to save her, but the dark Xavier, like... Has a glue moves, gun. Yeah, glues his feet down.
1: Yeah, that was that was one of the, like, Oh yep, reminder this is a cartoon moment.
0: Yep. <laughs> Wolverine's able to get out of it pretty quickly. He
1: dodges a train though. He got yeah. he got close to getting whacked.
0: And then he goes to like scoop up Jubilee, but she disappears so she's like a hologram or hallucination or something. Right. And so he he just misses getting hit by the train, like he said, and then he runs up to the surface level on the street where he happens to be right next to where Gambit and Jubilee. Are waiting in line on a Broadway show and Gambit is. This was a little borderline creepy because he was like hitting on a woman, but he was with Jubilee.
1: Well, he's with Jubilee because Jubilee is, is like, you promised you would take yeah. me to a show. But, and he was like, well, yeah, but the night's, you're going to go home pretty yeah. soon.
0: But that that was the part that it was like, she was like, you're with me though. And he's like, but like, my knot's not, not going to end there. And he's and he's all, <laughs> Jesus. At least his like line is like, yeah,
1: but I'm not with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, but I'm not with you. And so the dark Xavier attacks them and- um, Jubilee like, ends uh, up like in the street and almost gets whacked by a car. And when that happens, Wolverine luckily is right there and is able to swoop in because Jubilee, probably not durable enough yeah. to take getting hit by a New York car. Yeah. <laughs> or any car. Only thing I will say, unrealistic about this scene, a car traveling that fast down Broadway in right, New York. Right.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> they actually go out of the way, say they are there in Times
1: Square. Yeah. Yeah, not, would not have happened. <laughs> Well, especially right now, half of Times Square isn't drivable the way that it used to be either. Yeah. Like in the, in the 90s, you could drive through every street within Times Square. Now, like half of them have become outdoor seating and stuff. That's true. Yeah. I actually I don't think I've ever been there in the in the 90s. I've only been there after they turned into. It like was dangerous. Yeah. There, there are murder yeah. documentaries about Times Square in the I early mean, 90s. It's still not safe. But for different
0: reasons. (laughs) Anyway, so then we catch up with Storm, who is meditating on what we think is the Brooklyn Bridge.
1: We're going to go with Brooklyn Bridge because that's the only one I can think of.
0: Yeah. Neither of us know the geography very well. Yeah.
1: It's uh, not the George Washington.
0: Yeah, yeah that the one with because she would have to pay a toll. Yes,
1: yeah, to sit on top, <laughs> top of the bridge. bridge. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the I'm pretty sure it's the bridge that Gwen Stacy gets thrown off of and the next snap happens oh, yeah, and all that totally stuff. she totally survives. You okay? I, Rod and I are going to have to have a very somber conversation about Spider-Man once this episode's over.
0: So She gets radioed by Jubilee to go to Times Square. So that's how we know that's where they are. To join the others, we we see the real Xavier in his ship.
1: So Xavier is in his ship and he's starting to get control over himself and and regain consciousness. We see that there is Jubilee, Gambit, and Wolverine. And Wolverine lets the other two know that he's not real because I can't smell him.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That comes in handy a little bit later in the saga, too.
1: Right. So at, at that point, a bunch of cops show up because... You know, this attack that happened outside the theater took mm-hmm. down like a wall and stuff like that. And the cops are basically saying, like, stand down. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, no, he's the one causing the trouble, not us. And the cops are like,
0: who? Ooh, yeah, they can't see anybody because now that it's like it's it's like, I guess, spoiler for six Sense, if you haven't seen it in a decade or more. When you go back and watch that footage, all that damage that was done to like structures looks like it was it, it was done by the X-Men and not the dark Xavier, you know, it's like Gambit, you know, blowing stuff up for Jubilee blasting things and stuff. It wasn't the dark Xavier blasting stuff.
1: OK, <laughs> where was the sixth sense spoiler in that, Rod?
0: You know, you go back and watch the whole movie you're like, oh, Bruce Willis, he wasn't interacting with anything. Also, it was the-
1: I just had, I just had to make you take it home because <laughs> you just threw out that lingering plot line and then didn't actually like say the comparison.
0: <laughs> it's how I filter my friends. <laughs> If you keep up, the storm fogs up the area because they are not going to be able to explain their way out of hallucinating a Dark Xavier.
1: Which I feel like the cops would have just started shooting into the mist at that (laughs) point.
0: And then at the hospital, Cyclops is there trying to call Rogue and Dark Xavier goes to attack them.
1: Dark Xavier, yeah, let's go with Dark Xavier. That's a solid name for him right now. Calls Scott an ingrate, an incompetent fool, starts attacking him. All the things we're thinking. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) Scott shoots Xavier, but it goes right through him. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that's when Jean realizes it's all in our minds.
0: Yeah, and and she destroys the Dark Xavier with like a psychic projection. Or
1: well, we get we get a moment of the Phoenix silhouette popping up around her, mm-hmm. and she realizes like you know it's a psychic projection of the Professor's mind out of control. So yeah, so we realize like this was actually Xavier. This wasn't like an alien. This mm-hmm. wasn't like a possession like this this was a part of of charles
0: yeah so it's kind of worse because all those things weren't like i didn't mean it like you meant it you just withheld it
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't you don't usually try to kill us so they they head up to the roof where they they find professor
0: Mm-hmm. because Jean had done like a scan she's like he's on the roof and I don't know how else to describe this one of the mind-controlled astronauts that eric the red had controlled has a gun that like has a camera lens on it he's basically live streaming to eric the red
1: that's actually a a really good description of it yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and so eric the red's watching this live stream essentially and realizes xavier's the key to all this
1: yeah so at that point xavier admits that all these visions he's been getting have broken through his own protections and his dark side has come out. So this is something that never actually comes to pass within the animated series, so I don't have a problem talking about it because it's a comic spoiler. At one point within the comics, there is a projection that is his darkest sides alongside Magneto's that create the character Onslaught. Oh, okay. And, And it is not possession or anything like that. It is literally the darkest sides of Charles have emerged, essentially. Sounds dangerous. I also want to point out at that point, as... Charles is like giving his confession and stuff like that. There is a sign on the wall that says Fox.
0: Yes. Yep. Just, it was like uh, on the side, not an alley, but like the, the brick or whatever. Yeah.
1: The brick side of the building, yeah. which we could call an alley. I think. <laughs>
0: Which uh, I guess that's like a souvenir of the era, right? Because Fox is no more. It's just 20th century studios.
1: Right. There is. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Fox Entertainment does not exist Entertainment. We will talk
0: about the other thing. Yep. The other thing doesn't (laughs) exist in in this world. So, yeah, he, he can't be trusted. So he puts the Cyclops in charge.
1: Yeah. He says he needs to regain control of his subconscious and that his Orders until then can't be trusted.
0: It's a heavy thing to to admit. Most leaders wouldn't do that.
1: And also, he figured it out while he was mostly unconscious.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's how powerful his mind is. So then we see that Xavier is showing up at Mirror Island.
1: Yep. If all else fails, go to Scotland. Right.
0: Actually, that's what
1: I do. I know you do. Yeah, that's why talked, I said it. We talked, yeah, we talked about that. We're <laughs> like Scotland, relaxing yes. as fuck. Right. Just don't go to the bars that are overhanging the, like,
0: right. the ocean. <laughs> Which is strangely familiar, because I was also at those bars. Only there were castles.
1: Yeah, you just didn't throw people through the through the walls.
0: Not that I remember. Mm. But I also didn't drink very much before going
1: there. So you definitely... Very low tolerance.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so there's Moira. She's waiting with a guy. And as soon as Xavier goes to see Moira, she introduces him to her fiancé, Sean Cassidy. Right. Xavier is visibly bothered by this. <laughs>
1: I mean, the dude hasn't seen her in how long yeah. already? It's been at least the entire time he was in the Savage Land. Yeah. He probably isn't like shooting her emails at this point. He's not calling yeah. her on the regular.
0: I'm guessing that's not something that they're catching up about, you know, with everything that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> we also don't know when they
1: met. Yeah, so he, he decides to go to his quarters and there's this moment between Sean and Moira. It was like, Yeah, hey, you think he still loves you? <laughs> like, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so they, they do the only natural thing. They start making out.
1: <laughs> After she says that she's probably yeah. his only friend left.
0: Yes, yeah, she's like, I'm probably his only friend. Let's make out. That makes me hot. And then the Space Beam comes out of the sky, which they just don't notice, and, and hits Xavier's quarters, who happened to be on the same side. She, I don't know if she did this on purpose, but she gave him a perfect view of,
1: of their makeout, makeout
0: spot off the cliff.
1: <laughs> so they were making out for a while right because is already like in his room there's a little bit of distance he had to yeah. go in through the front door <laughs> of this facility comes in and then like as soon as he's in the room space beam again and then we actually meet Lilandra for mm-hmm. the first time who pops into into the room she says that she's the sister of Ken who has sought to control the macron crystal and it's basically driven him crazy
0: yeah and, and if we haven't mentioned it yet, both the Ken and Laundra are, she are, and she, got, she just kind of does an exposition dump. She says that when she learns what her brother wanted to do with the crystal, she defected, and that if the crystal's breached, that... So, so, it took me a little while to get this. I didn't actually get this at this point, but I wrote down for later. There's a galaxy in the crystal, and so if the crystal gets breached, and the galaxy in the crystal and the galaxy that we live in are both going to be compromised, which is, I love that comic book.
1: It essentially logic. is if you break the crystal, it sucks in the surrounding yeah. galaxy to within the the crystal as well. We find out the galaxies are at risk and you see this alien planet where these people are like getting sucked up into another vortex. The planet basically destroys itself. Yeah. She just lets them know everything, really,
0: all at once. And so she talks about how she violated the temple to steal the crystal and she escaped. And that's pretty much where we caught up with her is on the ship. Right. Xavier... She Xavier was wondering why he's receiving all this, like, the, oh, great, that's your story. Why am I seeing all of this stuff? And she says that their minds have been linked since creation, or at least that's the belief that she are, the Shi'ar. And since like, the
1: moment of creation, yeah. it's the Shi'ar belief.
0: And it's a lot like love. And then Xavier is immediately horny.
1: Not, not just a lot like love, deeper than the, love, deeper specifically <laughs> deeper than love.
0: So that's not a like concept for eight year olds understand. And.
1: We know what the word love means, and yeah. then you say it's deeper than love, and it's like maybe we can't relate to it, Yeah. but we understand love times two.
0: But we understand the look on Xavier's face when he gets a boner.
1: No, you don't <laughs> understand that at eight.
0: So right about then to get kind Thank of- Thank God. To, to cock block Xavier's moment, Juggernaut breaks in. Oh, uh, his and,
1: half-brother. <laughs> yeah.
0: Brother always does it, right? And grabs the and that is literally- where they throw the to be continued image was is, is a juggernaut has one hand around the laundry's whole waist. That's how big he is.
1: I mean, she are like bird people. So it right? would make sense that she would be light with yeah. bird bones or spider, right? She has
0: the spider. Her and Dekan both have spider designs. I have never figured that out, but the she are have evolved
1: from birds. Whereas we evolved oh, from primates. I didn't know that.
0: Okay. So she's a bird. I don't know where to go
1: with that. So normally at the ends of episodes, I will throw in little like fun facts and stuff. I actually threw all of them into this episode as we were going. The only thing we didn't acknowledge is just Rod wanted to say it. I, You know, I, I had him hold back a little bit on it. Sean Cassidy, Easter mm-hmm. egg, has a much bigger role within the X-Men universe. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the next episode, though.
0: Yeah, it, it's he's not pleasant in the other episodes. He's a good guy. I just, I agree with Wolverine's take on him. We'll get to that in the next episode. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Make sure to come back next week for the second episode dedicated to the Phoenix Saga. Otherwise, this has been. Really long. If you have It's any still
1: probably close is, to an hour long episode. It's long. It is
0: already over an hour, but we'll, we'll cut it down. Yeah, you
1: you edit <laughs> stuff.
0: If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them in the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about the episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox.
1: And I'm just going to throw this out there. Let us know what you want our clips to be. Do you want weird out of context stuff like me making fun of Rod for not knowing who (laughs) G.W. Brig is from Shield? Or do you want stuff that's specific to the episode? Oh,
0: yeah, that'd be helpful because I just pick things.
1: It's true. I literally don't know what the preview is going to be until I download the episode and I just have a file that says clip. Yeah, And I I am just as excited to listen to it as you guys are when you see it on Instagram or TikTok. Definitely not on YouTube shorts though. Nobody gives a shit about the ones on YouTube shorts.
0: All right, see you next week.